You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information tired of restless nights at lisa we know good sleep is essential for mental physical and emotional health from memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home for a limited time save up to 700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. In a bizarre twist, law enforcement officials say it was James himself who called the Crime Stoppers tip line, saying he heard police were looking for him and he was at a McDonald's in Manhattan's East Village. He said his phone was dying, so they should come quickly. Officers rushed there, but he was already gone. They found James nearby, and he was taken into custody without incident around 1.30. They, they arrested the guy, um, taking great credit for catching him. He called you. But uh, they caught the guy and arrested him. Caught, using my finger quotes. Uh, they arrested the guy that did the, the shooting there on the subway. The only reason I bring this up is, one, it's the next step in the story, if you're wondering what happened. But two, Andy No, who we've talked to before and is an activist in the Portland area, anti-Antifa guy, who's followed the Portland riots through that whole thing and everything like that, and he's hated by the left for whatever reason. He did the simple work of finding all these guys' old tweets and YouTube videos, and that's why you've heard any of them. The mainstream media had no interest 
in uncovering the fact that this guy is clearly, he might be completely crazy, but he has had a lot of racist rants, anti-white people racist rants over the years. And Andy No had to, like, go to the work of, well, maybe I'll look him up on Twitter and grabbed his tweets and stuff like that before they were taken down. And YouTube videos, YouTube has taken the videos down. And I just I just find that appalling. So the regular uh-huh. regular and it and it's a crime that happened in New York. So the New York Times, your Washington Post, all your major media, all your cable news channels, they didn't dig this stuff up. Andy no in Portland dug it up. Guy sets off an incendiary device and opens fire on innocence on a New York subway. That's not a big enough story to give you the whole truth. Because there's parts of it we're uncomfortable with. Signed the entirety of the mainstream media black guy seriously racist anti-white you flip the script on that obviously and it is the number one story in america for days and days right in fact it would become illegal in their circles to even mention mental illness or anything like that it'd just be a story about horrible white racists anyway the guy's pretty crazy um this is a big story today elon musk After making waves, I'm reading here from Town Hall, after making waves last week when he became Twitter's largest shareholder with 9.2% stake, then rejected an offer to join the board of Twitter for reasons we've talked about, is now making what he's calling his best and final offer to buy 100% of Twitter at $54.20 a share. That's right, the world's richest man in a very serious news story Worked 420 into the calculation oh, somehow. Almost missed it. 5420 <laughs> per share, which puts it at $43 billion. And a move that calls the bluffs of those who claimed Musk was just trolling Twitter with his comments last week. Now he's literally putting his money where his mouth is, says Town Hall. Musk explained in a letter to Twitter's board that he believes the company will neither thrive nor serve societal imperatives in its current form. Twitter needs to be transformed into a private company. Musk made the case for his offer in a letter revealed via the SIC from early this morning. I invested in Twitter as I believe in its potential to be the platform for free speech around the globe. And I believe free speech is a societal imperative for a functioning democracy. However, since making my investment, I now realize the company will neither thrive nor serve the societal imperative in its current form. Twitter needs to be transformed as a private company. As a result, I'm offering to buy 100% of Twitter for $54.20 per share. A 54% premium over the day before I began investing in Twitter, and a 38% premium over the day before my investment was publicly announced. That's a pretty big increase from its Mm -hmm. current worth. My offer is my best and final offer, and if it is not accepted, I would need to reconsider my position as a shareholder. Ooh. Twitter has has extraordinary potential. I will unlock it. So that's a bit of a threat. I'll dump my stock. And so if you're not interested in doing the right thing, I'll dump my stock, which obviously would hurt Mm. the company quite a bit. It would. On the other hand, Elon Musk recently called out Taylor Swift and Justin Bieber for not tweeting enough. He did. It's actually a story. Yes, he did. Is Twitter dying? He tweeted. Pointing out that many of the top accounts rarely tweet. Barack Obama, Justin Bieber, Katy Perry, Rihanna, Cristiano. Is that a soccer player? I don't know. Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga, Elon Musk is number eight. Back to Elon trying to save free speech, Joe. Bloomberg noted that Elon Musk, who is worth more than $250 billion as we speak, 
can handily afford to buy Twitter outright, and it seems Musk has taken an all-or-nothing stance regarding his position with the company. Uh, Like I said earlier, I've taken in quite a few podcasts with some of your leading free speech advocates who think this is a fairly big deal. Like, really worth thinking about and discussing and looking at, Musk taking over Twitter. Well, the proof that that's significant is that free speech opponents think it's a big deal. I bring to your attention, for instance... Washington Post columnist Max Boot, whose name sounds like he's a Nazi general, doesn't it? Max Boot, are you kidding me? Anyway, he said he tweeted, I am frightened by the impact on society and politics if Elon Musk acquires Twitter. He seems to believe that on social media anything goes. For For democracy to survive, we need more content moderation, not less. So, Max Booth. For democracy to survive, we need more content moderation. That's an interesting stance. That's a polite word for censorship. Sure. And a guy named Max Booth, who's a lefty columnist, implies, and I think this is irrefutable, that he is more than happy to be that censor. Uh, of course, that's the that's the thing with censorship is the the censors the one the people who want censorship always think well I know exactly how to get it right I I, I know which speech is okay and which isn't and uh, that'll that'll be just fine yeah absolutely I'm uh, worthy of that awesome and horrifying power they say in uh, with hubris I can't even imagine you think. I have hubris? You think I, Joe Getty, am, uh, have nerve? I would never in a million years say, I am so wise. I am so intelligent. I am so trustworthy. I can decide what people say and what they do not. That very notion horrifies me. And yet the Max Boots of the world, without irony, without a wink, they say, oh, yes, I should be trusted with that power. That ought to scare the crap out of you. Well, a lot of people made a big deal out of the fact that the Washington Post put free speech in quotes in their article about this over the weekend. Mm. Elon Musk, in an attempt to promote free speech, they use their quotes. No, free speech is a thing. You don't really need to put it in quotes. It's an actual thing. Yeah, I've just become aware of the trend of scare quotes. Where you put quotes around something that is absolutely, you know, indisputably real or, or, or whatever, because the quotes imply that, oh, people just say it right. is yeah. this. Yeah. It, yeah. it like it, it imposes a degree of separation from reality. It, yeah, it's, it's troubling. From Jack the, Armstrong, my co-host, oh, right. in quotes. Right. What the hell would that mean? <laughs> exactly. What am I trying to imply by doing that? It's not clear what, but it's absolutely something. Right. right. So why did you put free speech in quotes in a newspaper that's masthead says, because democracy dies in darkness? Joe Getty then kissed his wife, Judy, <laughs> in quotes. What the frig? <laughs> Yeah, so why'd you put free speech in quotes? That's interesting. The other aspect of this, from a business standpoint for Elon Musk, and uh, he's got enough money, he doesn't really have to care about anything, which would be Mm -hmm. an interesting position to be in. Every single day, you'd have the opportunity to, like, really shape the world in powerful ways or indulge yourself in pleasures that few in the history of the planet have ever had. And that you'd have those competing things going on all the time, I think. Sure, I was going to say, how about a little of both? <laughs> how about as soon as I'm done with the harem, I go uh, fix the whole free speech thing? Um, yeah, how about I uh, encourage literacy and, uh, and teach reading in low-income neighborhoods from my 400-foot yacht? 
I think we've been, the planet has been pretty fortunate that a lot of the world's richest people have been, uh, had a real eye toward trying to make the world a better place. Like J.D. Rockefeller, who I still think is the richest person ever adjusted for inflation, he was a super religious guy, and, and he retired very, very early and dedicated his life to philanthropy. We haven't had a U.S. billionaire um, who's, who's usually the richest man in the world as an American. Um, we, we haven't had somebody that just, you know, is hell-bent on destruction. Um, Putin is. Putin is probably actually the richest man in the world, and he is hell-bent on destruction. But um, the legit richest man in the world hasn't been so far yet somebody who just wants to have like you know a jeffrey epstein type or something like that sure jury's still out on uh, bezos if you jeffrey, jeffrey bezos I got, I got my eye on him i'm not sure what we're dealing with yet but what i wonder about with elon he's really close to getting pigeonholed as um you're not Trump aligned, but a certain thing, a certain category where you're either with him or you're against him. And I got to admit, one of the reasons I liked buying a Tesla is I'm a pro Elon guy. I like supporting Elon because I like a lot of his points of view on a lot of things. I wonder if fairly quickly he's going to become a Tesla, which is the most valuable car company in the world by far. And the only electric car that's ever worked, um, if it quickly becomes a badge like masks politically. I live in a green area where all those people are driving Teslas because they're greens. But is that going to become an uncool thing to drive a Tesla because it's Elon Musk and Elon Musk took over Twitter and blah, 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 blah. I could see that happening very quickly. You know, that's so crazy and stupid that I I hesitate to even endorse that idea. But we're absolutely on the road to it. Yeah, yeah. Where Tesla is just a sign that, oh, you drive a Tesla. Okay, so you're one of those people. Boy, what what are the, your blue towns in California and, and Portlandia and everywhere else to do? Yeah. Turns out he's in favor of free speech. You know what that means. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you through your mask you're still wearing in the year 2027. <laughs> I said Elon Musk is in favor of free speech. I, that, that'll be an interesting turn for the company, though, because it's green, and that's why everybody's driving to start with. Right. But he becomes the, I don't even know what you want to call it, right-wing lunatic, or none of those labels the, apply, the, are accurate. The boogeyman but, of pro- progressive yeah. America. Yeah, because that's the way he's yeah. being portrayed. And Well, we had that clip yesterday, we should play it again, from MSNBC, about well, Tesla, a Tesla, as we all know, is a racist country, and Elon Musk is indulging his apartheid views from South Africa, where he grew up. I mean, if that catches hold with the left, Tesla's going to become a completely different thing. Elon Musk doesn't believe in equity at all. I heard him once say he wouldn't hire a crackhead. Can you believe that? Crackheads deserve equity, just like hardworking people. And so will the people in my town stop driving Teslas, but the rancher in uh, Texas starts buying a Tesla because he wants to support Elon? I, I don't know what's going to happen, but... Hmm. Wow, how interesting. I definitely think that's on the horizon, that he's going he's to have rich lefties who aren't going to drive Teslas. Which is what might be 90% of his cars sold might be that. Well, for the millionth time, and we keep saying it because it's true, there are a hell of a lot more patriots, people who love this country, who see through the crap in the mainstream media, who think the woke crowd are insane, or a hell of a lot more of us than them. So that might end up being a great thing for Elon. Who knows? I wonder how long Twitter has to decide whether or not to take this obviously very good business offer from just a business decision. I don't see how you turn it down. And I want to know, why does Taylor Swift tweet so little? 
What's wrong? Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Here are my top suggestions for a little brother. I would say Emmett, Miller, and Grady, Wilson, Waylon, Fletcher, Langston, or Harvey. I'm kind of trying to evoke a ritzy, art deco, 1920s revival. Happy baby naming. So what is that story? I remember when um, we were pregnant with Sam coming across this at the time, even a dozen years ago. The idea of people paying a baby name consultant to help them come up with the name for their kid, which uh, seemed ridiculous really? at the time, but <laughs> this particular version is for the uh, the wealthy, I guess. Expectant parents paying upwards of $1,500 to a professional baby namer who picks the perfect moniker for their child. Here's a guy who's 33 years old, Taylor Humphrey. He helped name more than 100 babies in 2020. And made more than $150,000 from couples for that. Made one hundred and fifty grand last year helping people name babies. If you don't have the freaking confidence to name your own freaking kid, Jesus, don't have kids. There's all kinds of things that are going to flow from that that are going to be bad for the world. I just admire the dude for uh, perpetrating the scam. Whoever's doing this, oh, good yeah. for you. I mean, people who are like stealing the savings of old people over the phone, them I want to beat with my fists. But if you can separate uh, some rich idiot from their money for this, go ahead. I like the fact that you can keep a straight face and say things to him. Oh, I understand. Naming a child is very difficult and fraught, so I understand mm. why you've come to me, as opposed to, what is freaking wrong with you? Don't have a kid because you're obviously too stupid or lack <laughs> self-confidence. You shouldn't be raising a child anyway, you moron. Now get out of my office. <laughs> Would you consider Langston or Rufus or Typhus? <laughs> I think you should name your kid Dumbass. First name, I'm a, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> Junior, clearly. <laughs> oh, my God. That wow. is incredible. <laughs> he named a hundred babies last year and made a hundred and fifty gur. Can you imagine the sort of people who say, "I just I'm so uncomfortable with choosing a name. It's just I don't know. It makes me all anxious." When the, <laughs> when the day comes, the inevitable day where they frog march us out to the parking lot with cardboard boxes in our hands, I'm going to go home and I'm going to search on the word scam and I'm going to go through. <laughs> All of them, till I settle on one that I think I'd be particularly good at. Oh, that's going to be my new career. Ah, uh, that's what. What does that say about society? That there is such thing as a professional baby namer. You know, I I, I feel a little too like beefy and hairy armed for that scam. I because I'm picturing somebody who's kind of f- effeminate and women would prefer that. They don't want some burly guy telling telling them. I don't know what's your husband's name, Bill. Call the kid Bill. I don't know. God, the world just keeps inventing new kinds of crazy, huh? Well, they claim, the the baby namers, that they, they, they get to know you and your personality and your backstories and come up with a name that fit and whatever, you know. They have, they, what, I can't do that for myself? It, I don't know my own backstory? Well, it's the same as <laughs> psychics. There. It's the same as psychics. They have the same answer for everybody. Right. They just pretend they're thinking about it. 
<laughs> right, right, right. Uh, speaking of scams and, and crimes against decency, L.A. Dodgers manager Dave Roberts committed one, an abomination against the laws of God and man. We'll talk about that this half hour if you've missed this story. Joe Biden's sister interviewed by Chris Wallace on CNN+. Plus. Of course, you saw it because you subscribed to CNN+. Plus, But she sounds just like her brother. We'll play a little bit of that for you. And he was questioning her about Hunter Biden, the son. Hmm. Hmm. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't think I even remember Joe Biden had a sister, but Joe Biden's sister on CNN Plus with Chris Wallace. So you think he got those? You think he got those jobs on his own in Ukraine and China, and it had nothing to do with who his dad was? I think Hunter. I know that Hunter is a very bright young man. I know that he's a Yale Law School graduate. He was on several of the, the the world. Wait, I might get this wrong. The world, the board for World Hunger, or something close like that. Uh, and that he's been an, and he ran business, was involved in many businesses. So yeah. But she wow. does talk exactly like her brother. Practically threw in a bad ahead of Kef care. Yeah, that's interesting. Is that is part of that the uh, the old idea that when people are lying that they, they they tend to not speak as clearly and. Yeah, I assume she's pretty old too. Trying to remember names of various organizations and that sort of thing, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, the, the whole Yale Law School thing—you know what popped into my head immediately was, see a fake pole vaulter, if you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah, come on. So Joe Biden's kid went to Yale. You know, I always wondered that my whole life. I wondered how come all your movie stars and politicians, their kids always get into Harvard and Yale. They're all that much smarter than the rest of us. Well, then we all know now. We all know now that's a complete scam. It's just part of the. And Joe Biden said this himself way back in the day, which I find interesting. There is a river of, uh, was it entitlement or uh, what is the word I'm supposed to as a white guy? Privilege. There's a river of privilege that runs through this country, and it is our Ivy League schools. Joe Biden Bingo. said that many, many, many years ago before he was, you know, part of it. And it's he's a abso- river, river. And he's absolutely <laughs> right. There is a river of privilege that runs through this country, and it's the Ivy League schools. Yes. And uh, mm-hmm. y- and they and they as the lefty organizations that supposedly hate this sort of thing, they're all about equity and fairness. They participate in it. Oh hell, they're the world leaders in it. Yeah, you know. And and uh, I'm proud to say uh, us around here, we're like uh, you know, f you all. We don't care. We'll cut our own path. Thank you very much. I find the whole elite university thing disgusting. Yeah. So uh, we could get to the baseball story. I'm sure there's more important fare to discuss. Um, oh, in fact, I know there is. Uh, I'll just tell you this. L.A. Dodgers manager Dave Roberts committed a crime against decency. Whether you're a baseball fan or not, you should be disgusted. We'll uh, talk about that in a moment or two. But more important, I want to get to this. Speaking of the equity thing in education, Patrick Henry High School, biggest high school in the San Diego area. I guess uh, it got, uh, like most high schools these days, a bunch of honors courses you can take, advanced history, advanced biology, advanced English, that sort of thing. Well, quietly and without notice, the equity-loving, woke high school principal, 
whose name is Michelle Irwin, eliminated a bunch of advanced courses from the school's catalog. Now, some of this stuff is is overdone and overwrought, and the pressure kids are under for GPA and getting into college. This is too much these days. But you need the advanced courses, really, to distinguish yourself as an elite student. Well, she eliminated them, again, without discussion or notice, because in an email she wrote to parents, she explained that, She wanted to move away from stratifying classes and remove the stigma from non-honors courses. She also cited racial disparities in honors course enrollment, a problem that is mirrored nationwide. So she cut those classes for equity reasons. Nobody gets the right to excel. Nobody gets the right to an advanced education to go beyond to show their excellence because that threatens equity. Stratification used as a bad word. Yeah, that's pretty much life right there. Uh, every every job you'll ever have, um, every neighborhood you ever live in, there's there's stratification. But of course, you weirdo Marxists want everybody to have the same stuff and think that would work. So, right, yeah, shared misery. Jordan Peterson's actually done some great stuff on how we need hierarchies. We need achievement. We need excellence. We need it desperately. We need the cream to rise from the top, but we also need to make sure that bottom rung of the ladder is elig- is uh, available to everyone. We need equality of opportunity 100%. But the idea that you achieve some sort of justice by eliminating excellence, that's horrifying. And and if you or anybody you know has fallen from that sort of Marxist fallen for that sort of Marxist crap, jeez, Louise, wake up. Um, so Joe's going to reveal the punchline on this story. I'm actually kind of looking forward to hearing this from last night's Dodgers baseball game that's getting so much attention. Joe's got the punchline, but here are um, the, the, the three outs in the seventh inning as Clayton Kershaw, as he's regularly called one of the best pitchers of his generation, as he gets three outs in the seventh. Let's hear that. Would you believe 11? 11. He's dismantling the Twins. He is perfect through six innings. Curve gets him swinging. Up the middle. What a play. Oh, there's the play. It's from Gavin Lux. Seven perfect innings from Clayton Kershaw. So that is the excitement of the announcers, even though they're the announcers for, uh, they're, they're in Houston. Watching uh, Minnesota, game. I believe. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Minnesota. That's funny. I was thinking Minnesota and said Houston. I was picturing where they play in Minnesota and still said Houston. Boy, if you're heading to Houston, go, don't go to Minnesota, particularly in January. I wonder what was going on in my brain right there. That's really that's really interesting. But anyway, you heard the excitement right there. Perfect through seventh inning. So perfect game. You don't see a lot of those. Very exciting. I'm sorry I missed it last night. Everybody just running to the bathroom to make sure they're back for uh, the eighth to see if he can continue the perfect game. There have only been 23 perfect games in the 145-year history of Major League Baseball. Think about and that. They pay. They play 162 games a season now. 30 teams or whatever it wow. is. Wow. Right, so t- t- hundreds of thousands of baseball games. There have only been 23. He was seven-ninths of his way there, commanding, looking stronger as he went. And so, of course, L.A. Dodgers manager Dave Roberts took him out. He With- was, didn't say he was tired, didn't say his arm hurt. And he said, no, nah, he's at his pitch count for this part in the season. We're taking him out. Send in some relievers. With six outs to go. Right, right. And uh, as uh, Albert Bernico writes in his uh, hilarious blog post, 
He's 34 years old. The odds against him ever getting that close to perfection again are like the odds that the same individual grain of sand will fly into your eye on two different continents. Not allowing that performance to end on its own terms is a horror, an abomination. It's like cannibalism. Here's, and then he points out, oh, go ahead. Here's the Dodgers announcers when they realized what had happened. Seven perfect innings from Clayton Kershaw. Look at Kershaw. Oh, boy. First time pitching against the Twins. Seven perfect innings with 13 strikeouts. And Dave Roberts makes maybe the hardest decision of his managerial career here. But a decision that he ultimately, you know, feels like had to be made. No, that's not the hardest decision of your career. It's the easiest decision of your career when a guy is thrown like that and might get a perfect game, which is what, again, what bothers me is do you all realize while we're watching? This is entertainment. This is a show. That's while we're watching, all right? What's more exciting than watching a perfect game? Let oh, no, it happen. It's, it's so incredibly exciting and stressful, you can hardly stand to watch. It's so riveting. And he pulled him. Has that ever happened before? Has anybody ever pulled a pitcher with six outs to go in a perfect game? Yeah, I believe uh, Dave Roberts has before. I'm not sure it was six outs to go, or, or, uh, but uh, yeah, he's got a history of doing this. And I'm told Clayton Kershaw's fine with it. He said, yeah, I get it. I have, you know, I didn't want to throw more. Uh, th- that says something. I'm sickened by this story. You had a chance to achieve the practically unachievable but now to keep the money flowing in and your arm might get tired. Now I'll go ahead and sit down. I just, I can't, I found it, I find it astounding you would do that. It's like you had one ball left to go in a 300 game in bowling and you decided to go out to a movie or something. Or just, how do you not step up and finish the deal? This is Clayton Kershaw on uh, being okay with getting pulled with you uh, and missing the opportunity for a perfect game, which I, he's probably been dreaming of since he was seven years old. Man, it's 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 a hard thing to it's a hard thing to do to have to come out of a game when you're doing that. But um, like I said, we're here to win, and that uh, this was the right choice. No, 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 wrong. So I told the story of Ted Williams because I've always loved this story. The last guy to hit 400 in Major League Baseball in 1941. He had secured a 400 average for the season on the second-to-last game of the year. So the smart thing to do, as Clayton Kershaw and his manager were talking about, would have been to sit to secure that. He went ahead and played the last game because, and I've heard him talk about this before in tape, uh, no, I'm a player. we got to win. This is what I do. I'm a baseball player. He played that last game, and I think he went four for five, which is how he ended up with a 406 batting average, not just barely over 400. Mm -hmm. Went ahead and played. He didn't sit down. But what? That's just weak. I agree with Joe. This said something about America, that the manager would pull him and the player would say, you're right. That's right. It's a good, good long well, good long-term plan. It just, we don't, it, we don't it, strive for greatness and all that sort of stuff. Nah, nah. Yeah, you know, it reminds me, and, and I've been a, a huge baseball fan and player since I was a little kid, and I love the game so much, but the whole professionalism of youth baseball now, it's so, it's industrial. Now, churning these kids out, ruining their arms at age 16, making them play year-round, that sort of thing. And then in the major leagues, it's about Clayton Kershaw just wants to keep the money flowing. He doesn't care if he achieves the astounding and the unbelievable. just wants to keep the money flowing. The manager's like, this is a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience for everybody on the field, everybody watching. But we're not going to do that because let's be conservative, save his arm. Even though, again, his arm was fine and and he was mowing guys down like they were 12-year-olds. Just sickening.
Well, besides, if you're going to start in professional sports with the, we're thinking long term for the season, we'll enjoy NBA games with none of the stars playing about half the time. Right. I was just going to say, some NBA guy's got 99 points. He's just about to pass Wilt Chamberlain. But, uh, oh, no, no, no. Uh, 34 minutes a game is uh, his limit. Bring him out. Bring him out. I mean, people will go crazy. They burn the place down, and they should. <laughs> yeah, that's weak. That is super Boo! weak. Boo! Boo, you suck! Leaves a bad taste in your mouth, doesn't it? And the fact yeah. that he was okay with it is really bothersome. Just to, 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 the competitive, ju- maybe he didn't want to badmouth his manager, and I get that, but the, the, the competitive juicers, juices in you, the this is what you live for part of you wanted to do one of the most amazing things you can possibly do in sport? Ah. Sickening. I want to fight Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> I think that's and a Dave Roberts. I think that's a perfectly reasonable reaction to this story. Well, he'd probably beat the hell out of me, but his his fists would have to hurt after pounding me in the head over and over again, and that would be win enough for me. Middle-aged talk show host badly beaten by professional athlete in his 30s today. If if he bloodied one of his knuckles again, that would be enough for me. (laughs) Well, here's here's the thing. You could probably punch him, and he wouldn't hit you back because he's concerned about his arm, and he's thinking long-term for the season, so... Think he'd be right. So I could just work him like a speed bag. Thicker, 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 thicker. Yeah, sure I could. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got more in the way. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, look, at this point, I think we can lift the mandate. I'm not surprised they extended it out a couple of weeks. We're in the setting of a surge of B2 infection right now. It's regionalized. It's mostly in the northeast and mid-Atlantic, some parts of Florida. I suspect we're much deeper into that surge than we, we know because we're not measuring all the actual infections that are occurring. I suspect we're only capturing one in seven or one in eight infections because a lot of people are either testing at home or not testing at all. And I think this is going to be over sooner than we think. I think we're much deeper into this surge. It's over for all of us. It's over for everybody, but but the people I live around. I, I like Dr. Scott Gottlieb. I realized they had him on. They asked him the question. He's got to answer it. Who freaking cares? Yeah, A super mild disease that's like the cold that's spreading around some parts of the country. Why is this in the news? Yeah, that is increasingly the view of the latest uh, COVID. And so ends our discussion. We're not clickbait garbage like they are. Uh, moving along. Uh, a couple of stories about uh, your uh, equity activists, your your so-called social justice types. I find this story amusing on a couple of different levels. You know, Stacey Abrams, the uh, ran for Georgia governor. She claims being asked to show an ID is Jim Crow on steroids. And even though the uh, large majority of Black America thinks it's perfectly reasonable to have to show an ID to vote, everybody thinks that's pers- that's that's perfectly reasonable, except for activist lunatics who who probably just want you know dead people to vote more but anyway when she first ran for governor in 2018 one thing she was hit on is that she had all sorts of debts she had a bill from the irs um and and they're asking you can't even run your own budget how are you going to run the state budget well she's launching her second bid for governor that's no longer an issue she is now just four years later worth 3.17 million dollars oof 
Yes, she's gone from penniless to a multimillionaire, according to state disclosures uh, filed in March. She has made $6 million, mostly driven by $5 million in payments for books and speeches. Why was a uh, similar sort of story? Why was the Biden compound in the news last week? I don't remember, but I saw an aerial shot of the Biden compound um, that they've got there. This beautiful lakefront Delaware property or oceanfront or wherever it is. I don't know. Um, but it's the, the giant piece of land. It looks like a, it looks like a fancy hotel complex is home or whatever. And how was a guy who was elected senator at age 29? So he's been in government since he was 29 years old. Live in that home. Why doesn't that bother more people? And that's true of Republicans and Democrats. This is oh, not yeah. a partisan thing at all. But why doesn't it bother more people that these politicians who had not much money when they started in politics live like gazillionaires yeah yeah and it just it amuses me that these brave social justice warriors get so rich so quickly now here's a, a, just a note on how stupid politics is the same republicans who are saying <clears throat> look at her she's penniless she can't run her own finances how can she be governor are now saying she's rich and out of touch <laughs> <laughs> very funny yeah so that's just uh politics but anyway i also want to get to this i've been meaning to talk about this forever uh you heard about black lives matter their their rulers their leaders buying that six million dollar california mansion a 6500 square foot studio city compound in uh in the la area i mean just an unbelievable property right well let me describe to you how they bought it what do you mean how they bought it this patrice colors woman got a real estate agent she said oh i love this place and and she bought it and of course it's there on there no no not quite it was secretly bought by a shell company in october of 2020 connected to the black lives matter global network foundation in october uh, of 2020 so it wasn't even that long after the george floyd riots were happening oh yeah Oh, yeah. I mean, please make hay when all the sun shines, right? Uh, property records obtained by the New York Post confirmed the SoCal mansion was purchased by Deane Pascal, a local real estate developer with links to BLM. Days later, it was transferred to a Delaware limited liability company controlled by the foundation. And uh, then they go into how... Uh, the Patrice Cullors, Alicia Garza, Melina Abdullah, some of the BLM leaders and co-founders, all are claiming now uh, they're they're being asked, "Hey, what the hell? How do you end up with this gigantic mansion in Southern California worth you know six seven million dollars?" And of course, they said this is a despicable attack. It's an abuse of a platform that's intended to provide information to the public. Yeah. It's got like a dance floor and a nightclub in it. And what they're saying is, we're going to put out messaging from here. And unveiled new initiatives. So, uh, you still see BLM stickers, T-shirts, signs in restaurants. I see those all over the place. You know, you go into the coffee shop or whatever, and it's got a BLM sign. And I always want to ask, so, are you talking about the notion that black lives matter as much as all others? Because, of course, they do. Of course, if I say all lives matter, I will lose my job because of it. People have. Mm-hmm. Or do you mean the organization that takes the money you spent on that sign and buys homes with it? Right. Yeah, exactly. Giant mansions all over the world. Uh, you, this, the, the corporations that poured money into this Marxist greedhead organization, they know what they're doing. They bought goodwill for, from young people of color, I guess, who don't know that they were uh, pledging their loyalty and money to a bunch of Marxist, you know, scam artists. But it just, and the fact that the media, I mean, this is in the New York Post. 
New York Times isn't reporting on this, I don't think. WAPO is not going to touch it with a 10-foot pole, but uh, I don't know. I'm into this sort of stuff, so this coming across the desk got my attention. Life is older than we thought by a lot on planet Earth and changes a lot of views of where life started, how it started, and, and all that sort of stuff. Maybe we'll talk about that in hour four of the Armstrong and Getty Show. If you ever miss an hour, you can grab it in podcast form at armstrongandgetty.com. How handy is that? Modern technology. It's wonderful. Speaking of ancient life, I have a fascinating shark note for that discussion. Well, and is the Loch Ness Monster actually a whale penis? We never got to that story yesterday. (laughs) That's a shame. More science. Armstrong and Getty. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit MortonBuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton, the difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today. 